Well, names obviously matter, don't they? I mean, that's what the choir has been sharing about this morning. If I'm assuming that many in this crowd, that your name probably has some significance. How many of you guys, maybe this morning by a show of hands, your name is a like family name? Like you were named after somebody in your family. Maybe you didn't even know them, but you received some type, whether it's a first name or a middle name after somebody in your family. How many? Yeah. How many, maybe for others of you, you received a name, maybe it wasn't a family name, but it had significance in the fact that maybe it was a, a family friend or it had some special meaning for your parents, like something significant to them that happened in their life or maybe revealed their faith or a situation or a moment. How many of you have maybe one of those as part of your name, as a first or a middle name? Maybe a few, maybe, yeah. How many here have no idea how you got your name? You've always kind of wondered, yeah, okay, all right. Well, names matter, right? And so I was reading Parent Magazine, and it says this, that if you have, like, some type of unusual name, that it indicates that your parents like attention, right? So I don't know what that says, but nonetheless, Parenting Magazine. It also says that if you receive more of a traditional traditional name, that it indicates that your parents are more conservative. And so the thinking kind of goes like this, right? So you're thinking maybe some of you guys, you have children or grandkids, and you know, maybe a little help over there. Um, as you think about maybe having your kiddos having children, right, kind of it works like this. As they think about it, the, the parent thinks, well, my name is boring, so I'm not going to give that to my kids. And they think the grandparents' name sounds old, but the great-grandparents is like old enough to now be fresh, right? And so that's kind of you. So guess what? No matter how it works, listen, whether you like your name or don't, it carried significance or had some type of meaning or importance right, and how your parents named you. And so it is as we come to the Gospel of Luke. And Luke, the angel Gabriel, is speaking to Mary and begins to tell her that, in fact, she's going to have this child. And in verse 31 of Luke's Gospel, the first chapter, it says, listen, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and you are going to bear a son, and that son's name will be Jesus. Won't you pray with me real quick? Father, I pray now that you will help us, Lord. Thank you that you are a good Father. Um, I pray now, Lord Jesus, that you will cause us to listen and obey. Thank you. I pray, God, that you will help us um, in moments when we all struggle to realize, God, that there is no perfect child here. There's no perfect parent. And that's why you sent your son. And so, Lord, I thank you that we can rest in that. I thank you as parents we can show mercy and grace. We can also call for a life that matches to this gospel. And so, Lord, only you can balance that perfectly. As parents, we never get that quite right. Um, Lord, I thank you for the reminder just now as someone walked over to help and another one took Pavey out. It's a reminder that we need the church. Um, we need the body. We need the community of Christ. So I want to say thank you for the church in this moment. Thank you that there's times when our voices may fall flat or we struggle, that there's the choir and the choir that you have put around us, God, to sing that name Jesus, to lift us up. So I pray today that's an encouragement to those who just need to be reminded the name Jesus matters. Uh, Father, again, I thank you for the name of Christ. I pray that now your gospel would speak and go forth, even when I am discombobulated. Um, I thank you that you're in control. I ask it in Jesus' name, Lord. Amen. So nonetheless, again, the 31st verse of Luke chapter 1, it says, tells Mary, listen, you are going to conceive, the Holy Spirit will come upon you in power, and you will conceive and give birth to a son, and his name will be called Jesus. And then as you see on the screen here this morning, in the 34th verse, 
Mary asked this question back. How will this be, right, since I've never known a man? I've never been intimate with a man. Like, how in the world could I have a child? And then this powerful statement. See it there, verse 35? And the angel answers her and says this. The power of the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit will come upon you. Listen to this. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, listen to what's going to happen because the Holy Spirit's doing a work. Therefore, the child to be born to you will be called what? Holy, the Son of God. This child is going to be called holy, indicating this child is going to be set apart. This child will be different. This child is different than any other child, right? No other child, no matter how much you've loved your child. Listen, if we were honest today, just like I'm reminded with my kiddos, your children aren't holy. Your grandchildren, as much as you care about them, they're not holy. As much as you may think about yourself today, if we were standing in God's presence, the truth is we could not call you holy, perfect, sinless. I remember this collided with my life. I was about nine years old and I'd been experiencing just conviction as the gospel was being preached in my church as a child. I remember hearing that gospel and I remember having conversations with my parents at home and I was just struggling hearing this and hearing about who God was and thinking about the fact that I was not like him. And so um, I'll never forget it. I was we grew up there on Davis Road and um, the, the, the minister came in and, and sat down across from me. I'd been asking these questions for some time. And he said, Blake, I want to draw a diagram to you. I can, I can still remember the old little couch I was sitting on there and, and he had sit in the chair next to us there. And, and he begins to draw this diagram out. The Billy Graham Association uses it. Um, and I want to share it with you this morning because, man, it, it just struck me as a nine-year-old boy about who this child is that he's holy. The first image you can see right here, it indicates us on, on this far, your left, right? That the fact that we are people, we're sinful, our, our choices, right, have separated us from God. And on the other side, there's this holy God and there's this, this span between us. And I remember as a nine-year-old boy, man, that just began to penetrate my heart because that's exactly what I felt on the inside, separation from this holy God, this one who is called holy. His name is different than mine. And I realized I was separated. And, and passages like Romans 3 and 23, you see it there on the screen, it says, for all have what? Sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's every one of us in here. And then the, here's, here's the, the, the truth about what that sin brings. Romans 6 and 23, for the wages of sin is what? Death. But there's a gift. It's the gift of God. It's eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And, and listen, the, 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 it continues on the illustration. You see the next screen here as it pops up. Guess what? It shows us that, listen, no bridge can reach to God. It doesn't matter how hard you try. Listen, you can't do enough good works to get yourself into heaven. You couldn't put enough money in this plate. You can't sing in the choir enough years, right? You can't run the audio and video. You can't lead the children's play. You can't write, light enough candles, right? You can't go on enough mission trips. You can't, you just can't do it. There's no, like, listen, doesn't matter how good you try to be, it will never rank up. There's no morality that you can have, like, well, I'm better than so-and-so, and I'm not like those people, and we don't do those things. Guess what? It still won't get you there. There's no philosophy or, like, school of thought, like, man, if I could just think this way, or if I'm a peaceful person, or if I, if I end up achieving this, that'll reach. Listen, there's no bridge that makes it. Can't reach. This God is holy and you and I are not. And I'll, I'll never forget again as I'm there as that nine-year-old boy and he's just sharing that with me on my parents' couch. 
And then this bridge happens. Throw the next image up there, please. This moment of this bridge just reaches out to us, right? I mean, this, this hope of the gospel. And you see that we're separated from God, and yet God, He made a way for, to, uh, for us, right? That we're separated from Him. And it's this beautiful moment of being separated from God, and, and yet in God's love. See it there in 1 Peter 3 and 18? It says, Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous. The holy dies for the unholy. To bring us to where? To God. 1 Peter 3, 18. The holy God dies for the unholy people to bring us to God. It's this beautiful moment of hope, right? When you and I, like I'll never forget again, I'm sitting there and as a nine-year-old boy, I'm just, I'm seeing this visual happen and I'm thinking, that's it. That's the only way, right? There's this moment of just deep-rooted faith by the power of the Spirit as God's Word is open to me. I realize there's no other way I'll make it there, only through the cross of Jesus. That's the only way that I can have peace with God. It's this moment of hope and so the last visual ends here with this kind of question to you and I. Where are you? This morning, where are you? For real. Which side do you stand on? Do you stand on the side of trying to be good enough to make it there on your own? If you do, I want you to know that side is a side of unholiness. A sign of sinfulness. A place that, listen, will never ever reach the other side to an eternity where it says that peace is there and pleasure forevermore. But if you today will repent, as Peter preached there on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, if you will repent today and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, he says, it's for the forgiveness of your sins. And you today, listen, by repentance, like turning from that way of life that you've been living, turning from trusting in any good work and trusting only in Christ, he says, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Forgiveness of sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. How? Because this name is holy. That name, Jesus, the one that they have been singing to about, they're singing to him and they're proclaiming to you to come and meet him, to know him, to worship him. It's a beautiful moment there. And he talks a little further. Peter does. And then fast forward to verse 41. See at the bottom of the screen. And it says that all those who received his word were baptized. There was a moment of making that faith public. So I want to know this morning, where are you? Which side do you stand on? Today, have you truly come to repent and believe? Have you confessed the name of Jesus Christ? Have you followed Him? Young men, young women, old men, old women, have you come and acknowledged that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? Have you followed Him in baptism? Have you made that public that the name of Jesus is the only name that can make you holy? If not, by the Word of God, you stand separated from Him in your sins and you will experience judgment in a place the Bible says is called hell, where there is never-ending sorrow and weeping. Because why? You've rejected the only offer of salvation. Acts 4 and 12 says, For salvation is found in no one else, so there's no other name under heaven given to all people by which they must be saved. That name is Jesus, and His name is holy. And if you will believe on Him, God will credit His holiness to you. This morning, as our choir comes and sings their last song or two, I invite you this morning, maybe you here are like me as that nine-year-old boy, and you realize you're separated. Would you come this morning saying, I need Jesus. I need that holiness credited to me. I need forgiveness. 
this morning? Would you come and confess His name as they come and sing? Come on, would you come? Others of you got believers or, or people in your concern or burden for, would you come this morning, maybe just bowing, lifting them up in prayer, being faithful to share this? I've got that very track I just shared with you. I've got them right here in the window. I can share one with you. Take it to somebody at work this week. Take it to a family member. Again, where are you? Would you come as they sing?